This is Women Rising. I'm here with Daisy Davis. Uh, Daisy is a mindfulness coach. She has a page on Facebook called Daisy's Mindfulness Moment, Mindful Moments. And uh, it's all about helping other people um, live a better life than they're living. Mind, being mindful is a big thing right now. Uh, a lot of companies are hiring people like you, coaches like you, yes. to, to help their employees um, live their best life, really, and achieve more things at work and also more things in their personal life. That's right. Yeah. So, Daisy, welcome. It's Thank really you. nice to have you. It's lovely. Thank you for inviting me. I, I wanted to know a little bit, we were talking before about trauma. So let's start there as a, as a big word in, in, in what you do, because I'm a I think you help people with trauma. I want, right. I want to know what you do really and right. how you do it. Yeah. So, so you know, I came about this later on in life. Basically, like most women, you fall in love, you get married and you want to start a family. So basically I left my job to bring up my child. Yes. Um, and then in between that, sadly, I had a stillborn. So then I found that my daughter was in school and I had nothing to do because I'd left my job. So I thought... I saw a job advertised uh, in, in the Chronicle. It was a supply for the government, and I started doing that. Yeah. And I did that for 11 years. And in yeah. between, I had my son. Um, and then I was employed full-time. My children were a bit older, and I could do that. Mm. And I had a life-changing event myself. Okay. And to be honest, I've always been interested in counselling, therapy. And every time I saw on um, YouTube, maybe uh, people on uh, platforms, uh, you know, like TEDx talks and things like that, uh, mm. delivering a message, inspiring people, motivating people. I think I want to do that. Yes. I want to be that person, but I had no idea where to start. You know, I want to be that person that can deliver a message that is going to change someone's life for the better, but where do I start? Yeah. So then I saw an advert for um, counselling courses in the, in, the, in the college, and I thought that's a good way to start. So I started there. And I finished the course, and in between while I was waiting for my results, I saw... Uh, advertise a mindfulness and meditation course. Now, I had been going through a lot of stress at that time. Yeah. And I just, I, I remember this pinnacle, this day where I was sitting in a cafe and it was a beautiful February sunny day. So, you know, it's usually cold and it was lovely to feel the sun in your face, but I couldn't enjoy it. I was sitting there yeah. and I wanted to enjoy that day, but I couldn't because of this stress I was going through. And I thought, I've got to do something about this. So when I saw this course, I signed up, I did it, and it changed my life. Yes. Now, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't mean when you practice mindfulness uh, that you are never going to have a problem or a pain in your life. Okay. What it does is it, 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 it reduces the pain, the sorry, the suffering around your pain so that you know how to manage it because you get the tools. So I was going to ask you, what is your main objective with, with people? What, what do you try and get from people and help them with? I want them to know there's a way out. You don't have to, you know, resort to suicide. You don't have to do that. There is a way out. Life is constantly moving. And mm. what happens is we have emotions we don't want to feel and we stuff them inside and we try to keep it there. And sometimes we think we're successful and maybe for 10 years, 20 years, whatever it was that's happened to you, because we were talking about trauma and I was telling you that Trauma doesn't necessarily have to be you were abused as a child. Tra trauma can be I was bullied at school. Uh, my parents were emotionally distant from me, you know, and that's something you carry with you. Or maybe mm -hmm. your parents got divorced and you, f you feel maybe a little bit abandoned by a parent. You think it was your fault. You suffer from guilt. And so we carry this around and we try to uh, camouflage that with with day-to-day -day things like, you know, um, excessive exercise or constant shopping or, you know, with our daily lives. Yeah, with something. Yeah, whatever. It's going to replace We, we want them. to forget that, yeah. put it down somewhere deep inside. But our everyday little life, something touches it and mm -hmm. it comes up. 
And sometimes we're like, why am I feeling this sadness? Why am I feeling this guilt? Why am I? And we don't know why. So with what I want to tell people is that with the tools you will get with mindfulness, you can safely process those emotions. And it doesn't mean you're never going to have a problem, but you will be able to deal with it. You'll learn the tools yeah. to deal with it. Okay, so what do you focus on? How do you get people to change their views? And Well, what I do is an eight-week course. Okay. Which is like, or you can, or I also give lessons once a week. So if you went to the it was course, you would be touching on every subject. It's kind of like if you went to the gym and you say, I'm going to do legs today, abs tomorrow, arms. If you go to the one week uh, course, uh, sorry, lessons, it's just uh, lessons on, I'll be giving you on anything from acceptance, surrender. What means, uh, what does gratefulness mean? If you go to the eight week course, you'll be touching every subject. And what I'm going to give you are the tools one of the tools we do is something called RAIN. 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 Yeah. As R-A-I-N. RAIN. Okay. So that is R, recognizing you have an emotion that you don't like. Like I said, most of us don't want to feel that emotion. So we try to stuff it down with food, with addictions, whatever. Yeah. Shopping, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is A, to accept and allow it. We don't want to allow that emotion to come through. We're scared of what we're going to feel. We don't want to feel it. I is to investigate where is it coming from? Why do I feel this? Where is it coming from? What do I need at this point? And N is to nurture it, allowing it. Mm. Because when we resist an, an emotion we don't like, what we're actually doing is getting more of it because we're not allowing it to come through. And then I was telling you that, just like Karen that you had here, the nutritionist, yes, who was I, was, I listened to the podcast, and this is what I agree with as well, is that any trauma that we have that we do not express is trapped in the body and is then will come through in the body in in a form of a a pain, even heart attacks, because we know that stress causes heart attack and stresses could be caused from an emotional problem. What we have to do is, you know, because a lot of people go back again Mm. and it goes to then, you know, guilt, shame, self-hate, you know, all that is why have we gained that weight? What's behind that? is an, an emotional problem and we're overeating. Yeah. So instead of going to the gym, which obviously you've got to do that, go to the gym, go to a nutritionist, get a personal trainer if you can. How about tackling the emotional side of yeah. why we're gaining that weight? Do you think you don't deserve the better body? So that's so many things so behind that's what it. you do. Well, you I tap do, into that. Well, I tap into everything. That's emotions. one of the things. Emotions. Emotions that we don't want to feel. You see, mindfulness and meditation was actually first introduced by Professor John Kabat-Zinn. And mm-hmm. he introduced it to his um, cancer patients. Because once they were given the all clear, they had emotions that they didn't know how to process. For example, sadness, acceptance, anger. So he found that they weren't cured entirely yet because they had all these emotions. The whole family as well, not just them, because cancer affects the whole family, obviously, not, just the, not just the person. Yeah. So he introduced it to cancer patients, and then he realized it helped people with addictions, anorexia, um, I've got it here written down, actually, um, chronic pains, stress, uh, insomnia, you know, because you are releasing old emotions, old traumas, and we all have it. Yeah. Everybody has it. We do. For sure. Is that what you see in a lot of, uh, most of your patients or customers? Uh, yeah, do you call do patients? Clients. <laughs> clients. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, there's people that come with a lot of anxiety. And I think a lot of anxiety now is due to what happened with COVID. Okay. A lot of people have started. Like health anxiety? No, like anxiety where they just say, well, they have, some of them explain to me what it is. With mindfulness, you don't have to talk to me if you don't want to. 
Okay, how do you, you do know? it? How do you... Because I will give you a, a lesson today. I'll say, okay, well, today we're going to talk about this. And you talk and they listen. Yeah, and you can explain something if you want to. You don't have to tell me anything if you don't want to. You don't have to participate in the class. And at the end, we'll do a meditation. For example, one of the, 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 the first one we'll do is introduce you to the seven, sorry, the nine pillars of mindfulness, which is, for example, um, acceptance. And we'll talk about what is acceptance to you. Uh, surrender, surrendering to situations that maybe we don't like. For example, I saw in COVID when people didn't want to be locked up. Yeah. And what happens when we don't surrender to a situation? We get, we resist it. We get angrier. We have stress. So if you resist, it's worse. So if you surrender to a situation, it's not saying, okay, it's okay. It's saying, I accept this is what's going on now, mm. but what can I do to make it better for me at the moment? What do I need now? So what I thought, some people were like, I can't leave the house. Oh my God. I thought, well, I can, I can go for a power walk. And actually when I used to go to drag my son out of the house out of, <laughs> to yeah. get him out of the PlayStation and, and Xbox, we would have these little talks, which I so enjoyed. So I got something out of that too which I wouldn't have otherwise. Is there any area that you stay away from if somebody comes to you and says, oh, I need some, you know, mindfulness therapy? And is there, you know, anything no, that you because, would... No, because everything is about... To be, to be honest, I think the foundation to a happy life is loving yourself. That's what it is. Because when you love yourself and you accept yourself for maybe the things that have happened in life, maybe the, the role you played that allowed whatever happened to you. When you surrender, forgive yourself, have self-compassion, you can then say, you know what? I'm still here. I'm getting a bit emotional here now. So, and it's okay. Because I, I, once you accept yourself, mm. that is the foundation to a better hard. life. Because then you know that you deserve better. I think it's what we were saying before. Going to that place where you've had trauma at childhood is very difficult. You have to really be open to all the emotions that are going to come from that. Mm -hmm. And I can see how people are reluctant to go there. But of course, yeah. So I, I'm sure you get people like that. Yeah, I, I, I got somebody once who, um, uh, I'm going to change like situations and people and things because, you know, it was yeah. very small, but this is a person who was, um, his parents, they got separated. Um, they lived in UK when they got separated, he came over with his mother to live here and he was about 12 and he wasn't allowed to see his dad his dad didn't you know pay mm. his, the the allowance that they got to pay and um and he felt like he had lost contact with all his family there and anyway he made his life here he got married blah 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 years later during covid he said he was out and all of a sudden he felt this anxiety and this sort of uncomfortableness inside him and he had to leave and go home. And he recognized that to the feeling he felt when he came here. Yes. When he felt like he couldn't express his sadness because he saw his mother trying to cope, get a job. So he couldn't turn to his mum and said, oh, mum, I, I yeah, feel really she sad. Was going through it too. She was yeah. going through it. Yeah. So he kept it to himself. And this was a 50 odd year old man. So it's coming out years later. And this is what we're why talking would that about. Happen? Because you keep it locked inside and you don't want to go there. He said to me, every time I saw a program about in UK or something, it would remind me of my happy times there. I'd switch off, turn the channel because I didn't want to remember how happy I was there. Gosh. So then years really later, hard. that comes out. Because we were going through a really sort of anxious time anyway, weren't we? We were going through COVID, yeah. you know, we didn't know what was going to happen next. So those feelings are going to arise. And I've seen a lot of people... Um, during after COVID telling me I'm on Valium, I'm really anxious. And what I also think's happened in, in COVID is we had space and time for things to come up. 
mm. which we were trying to put down for years by, you know, um, just keeping ourselves entertained. Daisy, what is your biggest challenge in this line of work? Getting people to realise that mindfulness, they need it in their lives. <laughs> because um, I've seen that people want to invest a lot of money in their bodies. You know, they go to the gym, they get the personal yeah, trainer, yeah. dietitians. I don't know how many people I work with go to natural house and all these things. And I think that if you don't, um, if you're not healthy in your head, you're not healthy in your heart, you're not healthy in your body. Because it's all connected, like we're saying, like the emotional eating or thinking that you deserve more. If you don't love yourself, if you don't think you're worth more, if you don't, you, sometimes some of us, especially women, we're caregivers. So by the time, this is what I've seen um, from the generation of women in my family. They're all um, caregivers. And obviously, like your mother, for example, she didn't really have a choice. It wasn't like women could be independent like we are now and buy a flat and whatever and live on their own. So if you were, if you weren't married, you're were, you were a spinster, it's like, oh, it's not seen very good, is it? You know, oh, nobody wants her, she's left on the shelf. Uh, now it's like a choice. No, I don't want to get married. And it's mm. like, yeah, brilliant for you. <laughs> but um, we're caregivers, which means that we don't think about ourselves. So by the time you get to a certain age, maybe 60, you've retired, and you say, okay, what, what do I do myself now? Yes. What, what are my interests? Wait a minute, what, what do I like? I don't even know because I've given myself to my family mm. and put my needs down. And now I don't know who I am and what I want. And if we invested in ourselves, because if we're not good, if you know, when you go on a plane, they say, if the plane's going down, you've got to put your oxygen mask first before you can help anyone else, right? Well, mm. it's the same thing. We don't invest in ourselves. And then we want to give all this encouragement and love to our kids. If we had the tools, we could pass it on to them. And I feel that people don't want to invest in that. They want to rather invest in the false lashes and the nails and the brows and what have you and having the best body. And the Botox. And the Botox now. Is us. And the lips. Now the lips. I'm all natural. I don't have anything. <laughs> um, and... Um, they don't want to invest on that side. And if you don't, you might look good on the outside, but inside you're slowly dying because you're not paying attention to what you really truly need inside. It's incredible to listen yeah. to you. How have you learned all this? Well, like I said, I was going through such a stressful time in my life and I just thought, I don't want to live like this anyway, and anymore. I, I want to be happy. I don't want to live like this, but how do I deal with what's going on in my life. So, so what did you do? I started to do meditation for about a year and it was helping, but it wasn't enough. And then I started asking people about what is mindfulness and I wasn't really getting a clear, clear answer. It's like, mm. oh yeah, it's like, you know, being aware of the birds and, you know, the sun and the, the <laughs> color of the flowers and appreciating that. And I'm like, it's got to be something more. Like I said, I took a course and it changed my life. It changed my life because it made me see life so differently. You did a mindfulness course. Yeah. And, and then when I did the course, I said, I want to spread the word. Because yeah. do more people know about this? Because there's so many people with problems and things. And there's there's not that many people doing it, are there? I know of a lady doing it. She was given the course in um, the college. Um, and that's it, really. I don't know. Uh, probably in the yoga centre, they probably give a little bit of a mindfulness Because it's all here. holistic, isn't it? It's like yeah. a holistic approach yeah. to life. Yeah, it, it's holistic. But, you know, I don't want to think it's like a hocus pocus stuff because it's not. Mindfulness is really about being present in the present moment. And you might say, yeah, mm. I know I'm here with you, Daisy. What do you mean? You know, no, mm. what it means is that we're usually stuck in the past thinking about something that happened to us that we can't change. Maybe it was a, you know, a breakup or something, or we're worrying about the future, mm. future events. So while we're there, we're anxious because we don't have a time machine. We can't go back and we can't go into the future, future and see what's going to happen. So, all so what's we the have, point of worrying? Exactly. All we have is the now. Because while we're worrying, we're not fully present and experiencing the moment. And most of the time, our worries are, I think it's the same, like 99% of my worries 
are just made up. And yeah. it's true. So sometimes, like, I think my daughter... So it's a lot of unnecessary stress. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're living a life stressed when you could have been enjoying yourself. Yeah. What were you going to say about your well, daughter? my daughter, <laughs> she's entered the Mr. Gibraltar, and part of it is they're giving them experience by doing fashion shows. And she did a fashion show a few weeks ago, and she has these enormous heels to wear. And she said, Mum, I twisted my ankle on the stage, and I sort of fell, and oh, my God. <laughs> and she showed it to me yesterday, and I said, you know what, you did, you did fall, but you recovered so well. Yes. And you just recovered. And so she was worried because today she has another uh, fashion Rehearsal. show with even higher heels, oh. it seems like. And she says, oh, am I going to do this? It's in the um, Alameda. And I said, you know what? Don't think about that. Just have a good time. If you fall, you get up, you recover. She smiled. That's what she did. I said, and that, I mean, when she fell, they sort of were like, <gasps> it was more of a sort of like her heel wobbled and she sort of went to the side and the audience went, you <gasps> know, like that. Well, I said, take my oh. hat off to her because I can't walk in she, heels. Well, I tried. I couldn't. Sorry. She basically carried on. You know, strutted her stuff, stopped, yeah. smiled, turned around and walked off. And I said, if that happens, just carry on. Because it's how you pick up, get up from it. We're all mm. going to fall in life, I can aren't see, we? Yes, yes, no. It's how we, it's how we come back the thing from is, that. In the mischief, you're going to do it in front of other people. and But it doesn't matter. Because it shows you're human. Absolutely. Shows you're I human. agree with you. And mm. I respect her a lot for putting herself out there like yeah. that. That must it's be a big challenge a lot for her, do a lot for yeah. her confidence as well. She because, is loving it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I'm sure. She's loving it. Hmm. Would you like to manage your emotions, make better decisions and be fully engaged in life? Hi, I'm Daisy and I'm a qualified mindfulness and meditation teacher. Life can be a painful journey at times. Wouldn't it be great if we could manage our daily stresses and problems? Mindfulness and meditation can help you make peace with the past, help you deal with the what-ifs in your future, and give you effective coping skills to stop you engaging in destructive behavior. It can help you increase your ability to regulate emotions, decrease stress, anxiety, and depression, and will lead you down the path to inner peace and well-being and happiness. Contact me on my Facebook page, Daisy's Mindful Moments. I offer workshops, group, and one-to-one sessions. So tell me something, what is your biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome in your well, personal life? Uh, like I said, I had a really big life-changing event. Mm. And uh, I, what, I, what I discover is when we're going through really tough times, challenges, that's when we grow. Yeah. That's when we grow. It will leave a gift. And because of that, I became so compassionate and forgiving. And I wouldn't have had that chance had I not gone through that. Because when we go through challenges, we are pushed to a certain point that brings out things in us that we would never have known we had in us had we not been in those situations. So everything that happens your way, it's, you should actually be grateful for because... It's like it everything will, happens for yeah, a reason. I always think you that. Grow. You, you grow. You grow with those but things. But at the you time, it's things. very hard. Of course it is. Mm. Hmm. What frustrates you? Again, the pe- I want to get through to people. I want them to know that this is the way because... Um, what I see is that a lot of people go to see a specialist, you know, a therapist when they have a problem. So we're focusing on when we have a problem, let's go and see a counselor, let's go and see a therapist. Mm. How about we can't, we focus on, um, preventing a problem Mm. by having the tools. I mean, it'd be great if schools taught these kind of lessons and then we would have the tools to be able to manage problems that we're all going to have in life because it's, it's, it's the reality. Yeah. You know, at some point or other, yeah. So instead right. of waiting, breaking points, oh my God, you know, I, I need to see, what if we had the tools to prevent that? Because um, when I was in my 20s, I didn't see like my granny power walking no. or running. I would have said, granny, what's going on? You know, what, what, who's running after you? You know, now my children are growing up seeing their grandparents power walking like a mm. normal thing. 
because they know now, everybody knows that it's not only good to keep, you know, for your health, it's good to control your diabetes, it's good to lower your heart, um, your um, yeah. your blood pressure, it's good for your heart and it's good for your well-being. So hopefully, yeah. maybe in 20 years' time, people will understand that this, we need this just as much for our physical health. Like I said, your mental health is going to affect your physical health. Do you approach your personal life with the same passion that you approach this? Yeah, I think I'm quite passionate. I think my husband yeah. tries to tell me to tone it down a bit. And I tell him, I can't, I'm a very passionate person. So you feel it 100% <laughs> yeah. what you do? I, it's my way of life. It's not a practice, it's a way of life. Because that's how you approach life. You know, People go about life think just waiting for the weekends, waiting for their holidays. But what happens to the days in between? Yeah. We go about like robots. We're on autopilot. So with mindfulness, you learn how to not be an autopilot, to wake up and to respond to life rather than react. You know, like when we're in a queue in the, in the traffic jam where we're like, you know, road rage, that's reacting. Or like happens to me at work, computer's not working and I want to throw the nearby stapler at it. That would be reacting. So you have a proper job. Well, I have a job at the moment. But I have I a job, but you'd love to do love this. love to do this full time. Mm. I want to. I want to expand. I want to start doing uh, Zoom lessons. I want to expand. I'm also um, at the moment studying further things. I'm studying NLP, which is Neural Logistic Programming. And I would be qualified to help people with trauma, uh, to give them more um, confidence, help them, for example, with eating disorders. Uh, so you have to train for all these things. Yeah, and mindfulness and meditation. I still have to have supervision twice a year, CPT points. Okay. And I what, have to do all that. Wow. Yeah. And do you do that online? Yeah. All with online. my teacher. And they also give us uh, uh, summits and things you can go to for your CPT points and all that. Okay, and yeah. then you do exams and all that? Yeah, I had an exam. I had uh, study cases. I had to get a volunteer. You know, we had uh, study cases. We had written one, ver three verbal ones. We had uh, another written thing. And now for the NLP, which I'm doing, which is also NLP, clinical hypnotherapy, um, life coach, which I'm so passionate about, because in, co in, in counseling, they used to say to me, you're too life coachy, Daisy, because I want to help people find a solution, you see. Mm. I want to motivate them. And I'm doing lifestyle medicine. And I've already done two exams. I started almost six months ago. And um, I'm really, really excited. I love it. I actually wanted to do this after the counseling, but COVID hit. And I couldn't go to UK. Okay. And then they introduced the Zoom. So I was like, oh, fantastic. Now I can do this yeah. without leaving my home. So it's fantastic. It's brilliant. Yeah. So that's going forward. That's, that's going forward. You want to keep going with it. I want to keep going. I just want to help people. And I want them to know that there is a way. And it's, I think, to be honest, I think that I don't want to like touch on this subject, but suicide sometimes one of the biggest problems is asking for help. Have you had people who are su suicidal? Mm, no, they haven't okay. told me they were suicidal anyway. Mm. But uh, I think asking for help mm. is one of the biggest problems. It is. Because you think people no one's going to understand my pain. I was going to ask you something else. This is women rising. Yeah. Um, do you get more women patients yes. than men? Yes, definitely. But there are men as well who suffer. Uh, I haven't had a man yet. Just <gasps> really? one, one, one man. That was it. Just the one I was telling you about. Just mm. one man. The rest All of the, the women. women. Yeah. And I've done women are more open. Yeah. Not as a rule. I, I've done some speeches for free, and I've had men in the audience. Okay. Um, and you did gym talks. As I did well. the gym talks. Yeah. And what did you talk about there? There, mindfulness and meditation, and how it can change your life. And I also mentioned something called um, RES, which is reticular activating system which also plays a big part. And what that is, is um, um, we've got something in our brain, basically, that's, mm. going to that's going to filter everything out and just give us the information we want. 
because life is just too much to take in. So what your brain does is just filters out everything. It's called your RAS. And what it filters everything out and just gives you what you want. For example, when you see a car advertised on TV and you say, oh my God, I love that car. And then you see it everywhere in the street. You said, I haven't noticed this before. Why am I seeing it now? You know, or when you want to get pregnant and all of a sudden you see pregnant women everywhere. And you think, oh my God, it's a sign. No, there was always pregnant women. You just didn't notice it because you hadn't told your brain. So when you start telling your brain something, it will believe you. It doesn't matter if it's and positive how do you do that? or negative. Well, what you do is, for example, this is what I like. because I really <laughs> well, Don't like, tell us too many of your secrets because otherwise. <laughs> this is what I really yeah. like. Um, I like to help people with a self-confidence. That's one of my passions. Self-confidence, because I think that is the basis of everything to your life, loving yourself. So we go up in the mornings and we look in the mirror and what do we do? Oh my God, I look terrible. Oh my yeah. God, my hair. You know, we've got curly hair, so it's like, oh my God, it's frizzy. It's Levanta for sure today. You know, it's like, oh my God, I've got wrinkles. I don't have a six pack. What's going on? And the more you say that to your brain, the next time you look in the mirror, you're going to find more things because you just told your brain, I don't look good. Find more stuff for me to criticize. But what if we looked every day in the mirror and we said, I look great today. And then the next time, your brain's going to say, find more things to look great about because she said she looks great. So your brain's going to believe you. It doesn't care if what you tell it is positive or negative or true or false. It's going to believe you. Mm. So when we concentrate on our uh, negative self-talk, which we are normalizing, by the way, because you wouldn't talk to a friend like that. Yeah. You wouldn't say to a friend, oh my God, you look crap today. No. What have you done? You know, that fits horrible in you. What did you, you know, you wouldn't say that. Mm. And you wouldn't accept someone to say that to you, but you accept well, that's you, you might talk. accept. Well, you, you'd listen to someone say that to you. In a nice and then, way. And then, it would, and then it would go down like a ton of bricks. Yeah, and then you'd spend you, the whole day yeah. really feeling bad yeah. instead of rising above it and yeah. thinking, well, I'm not going to let this bother me. Yeah, because you're going to think, you know what? Yeah. That's their opinion of me. Yeah. Usually people who are very critical are critical of themselves yeah. anyway. They're the ones with the issue. No? Exactly. Yeah. They're just I'm, projecting mm. how they feel about mm. life. So it's really easy to say, don't take it personal. It's not about you. It's about them. But yeah. it's true. But there are some people who always make it about them. So then you've got to work on your self-esteem. It's and so how interesting you, how because you I can, I'm tapping right into everything you're yeah. saying with different things that I'm yeah. going through myself. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really, really uh, super interested in hearing more. Because if you look so, in the mirror, Michelle, tomorrow morning, you say, you know what? Um, People love me in Jib. They think I'm so bubbly and positive, and because it's true, everybody loves you here. I th- everybody oh, knows you. You're a very know, famous character. That. Some people don't yeah. actually. But you know what? Doesn't when I started. You're a very friendly person. <laughs> Thank you. It's very nice of you to say. I, I am a friendly person, but there yeah. are people who don't like me. They're the ones with the problem. Then <laughs> I, it doesn't bother me in the slightest that they don't like me. Um, it's something that is is part of life. There are people who will like you and people yeah. who will not like you. And those that don't like me have made it quite clear to me. And I'm fine with it mm-hmm. because I accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just part of life. It doesn't yeah, make me you think, don't like oh, everyone, why don't you like me? You know, yeah, I want to make yeah. you like me. No, it just accept it and move yeah. on. And I've been able to do that with some people. Good, because you've got to think mm. like, you know, when you look in the mirror, you know, these arms, these arms are somebody's security blanket, my children's security blanket. When they need me, I can hug them. You know, with these hands, I can make a great delicious meal that's going to nourish my family. With these eyes, I can see all the beauty around me. It just goes on and on. Instead of saying, oh, my God, I've got bags. Oh, my God, I look awful. What yeah. if we changed, accept our body yeah. instead of hating it so much and say, you know what? My digestive system does what it should do. My legs do what it should do. Take me to the places I want to go. And and because of that, I can see all these wonderful places and having these brilliant experiences. And what if we thought that way about ourselves and our bodies? Instead of as women, I think it's a very woman thing. I don't know any woman who's not on a diet, by the way, and doesn't hate their body. And that's one of the workshops I want to do at some point, which is called Loving Yourself Mindfully. 
because I think that I'm constantly hearing women talking about how they hate their bodies and on extreme diets. Those don't mm. work. They don't work. No. You can't keep it up forever. No. I wonder why, why do you think there are so many women why? Because who feel like that? Well, first of all, I think more than men. We put the pressure on ourselves, haven't we? We have to be perfect. We have mm. to have... The social know. media doesn't help oh, at that, all. That's another thing. We don't, we, we're older, Michelle, yeah. but the younger generation don't realise that that photo that's on social media has been carefully photoshopped and they've taken hundreds of shots before mm. getting the exact right one. Mm. And filters yeah. and all that. Yeah, and we don't... And yeah. you get adverts of wrinkle cream and the person who's advertising it is like a 19-year-old. No wonder she's got perfect skin, mm. you know? And all these things, like these diets, most of them are designed to make you fail so you can buy their next product. Otherwise, how you could... If everybody... If it worked for everyone, they wouldn't have customers then, would they? Interesting. You know? Because you go on a diet and think, yeah, it worked, but I'm going to go on holiday now. And then you might two years later, I'm going to go on that diet again because I lost, you know, the, the, you know. So extreme dieting could be good if you're having an event and you say, I want to fit into that dress. Mm. But it's not a long-term thing, is it? And a lot of these diets are not good because if it's got a lot of protein, you know, I'm, again, I I'm don't want to say anything. To, I'm not a dietitian, but I do know that having a lot of certain things is not good for your body. And I think it should be varied. Mm. We all know what's good for us. We don't have to go to a dietitian, really. <laughs> Unless you've got a hormone problem, like Karen was saying, I think that's great. You've got diabetes, you've got to know. Um, some people prefer the diets because they have to um, then answer to someone because if they, they, they're too lazy to do it on their own and they need a motivation, and that's brilliant. But we all know really what we're supposed to eat, don't we? We don't need Absolutely. someone telling you you can't have donuts. Oh, really? I didn't know I couldn't have donuts. <laughs> we all know that, don't we? <laughs> you know. So we choose, we choose yeah. not. But then again, you've got to live. You've got to live so a it's little. It's a balance. Yeah. What motivates you? I just want to be happy. I think life is so beautiful. Why are we all moping around? We, we can have that happy life we want. It's available to us. We just have to believe that we can have it. We are capable. We just need the tools. We need the tools. We don't have it. We haven't been taught that in school. So we don't have it. Mm, they could teach that in school yeah. at a young age. The so same we, way that they're teaching children about recycling and yeah. sustainability and being a little more environmentally friendly, yeah. starting at home yeah. and all the rest. They could teach they could. children it's, it's, a little bit. They could touch yeah. on it. it. Mental health is a big thing it, now. It's a, it, it's Do you find new. in Jib that it's like... A, it's massively new now because yeah. I've seen it with my kids, that, yeah. you know, with, now with my kids, how more open it is. And I think it's fantastic that it's open. Yeah. But you also oh, have sure. to... Um, uh, you know, you've got you've got to do your bit too. Because if if I tell you, you know, these are the tools, and you're not going to use it. You know, uh, and with and with meditation, I don't want you to think that it's, you have to sit in a lotus position and eat kale all day because that's not what it is. No, nope. uh, mindfulness. Uh, so meditation is just breathing, being still for a moment. You know, and taking a break. So just being still for a moment, and you can take it as further as you want. There's so many free meditations uh, on online. You know, you can just sit still for five minutes, listen to some meditative music, be aware of your breathing, of your body sensations. And, and it gives you a break. And a lot of, it helps you focusing as well. Helps you sleep better. So many things. And a lot of famous people do it. You know, Bill Gates did it because it helps you focus better. Uh, mm. Madonna does it. Oprah Winfrey, Katy Perry, loads of people do it, especially before in a performance because it helps them center themselves and concentrate. You know, I find if I don't do it, I'm all over the place. I have to do it. Usually I do it in the evening just to... Um, you know, uh, assess the day and what's happened and what did I learn and what, you know, what did I feel that day? What, what stresses am I going through? 
Yeah. And one of the, one of the meditations I love doing is a meditation where you imagine you're holding helium filled balloons. And what you do is that you label every balloon with a, with whatever it was you want to get let, want to let go of an emotion. Maybe it was stress, maybe it's anxiety, maybe today you felt anger. And what you do is one by one, you let go of the balloons, and then you see anger float away, and then you see you know sadness float away. And it's a really good meditation. It's brilliant. Wow. Wow, super interesting. Yeah. Daisy, thank you so much for joining me. You. I've got one last question. Who do you look up to? I love, I've got a few life coaches I love. One of them is Mel Robinson. Mel Robbins, sorry. And the other one is um, Tony Robbins. He's an NLP uh, master, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Mel Robbins is a um, motivational speaker. She's fantastic. I love her. Um, she motivated me to go ahead and say, and I thought, you know, I can do this. Mm. I can do this too, because I thought, I'm just a mum. Yep. You know, I'm raising my kids. I'm a taxi mum taking them to after school activities. And I thought, well, why can't I do that? Who's stopping me? Me. You know, and they, they motivate me to carry on. One last thing, Daisy, it's been super interesting to listen to you and to say all, tell us all these things. I'm sure people are going to want to know more. Um, so tell me how we can get in touch with you. Um, you can get in touch with me with my Facebook page, Daisy's Mindful Moments. Uh, you can message me uh, privately. You know, I've got an, um, my email there. Um, I'm going to start lessons now in October again. Um, I can do one-to-one. -one. I'm going to do Zoom lessons. And I just give uh, once-a-week lessons as well for people who don't want to be um, tied down to the eight-week lessons. Okay. And who do you look up to? Well, my favorite people I look up to is would, would be like motivational speakers like, for example, um, Mel Robbins. Tony Robinson, who is an NLP a master, they're so motivational. And I just thought, you know, I want to be like them. I want to deliver a message that is going to change someone's life. And that is my motivation, to be able to change and help people and motivate them and inspire them. Well, I've got to thank you on behalf of so many people. I'm sure you're really helping them. I hope so. so. <laughs> it's been wonderful to talk to you. And thanks for, for your time. Thanks to you. You've been listening to Women Rising, a series of talks where I've chatted to fabulous and inspirational women exclusively about their lives and their losses, their struggles and their successes, and their contribution to this world where they are empowering others and making a huge difference in our community. Thanks must go to my producer, Charlie Hurst, for putting this podcast together. Catch him at soundunit.co.uk. And a huge thank you also to Beatrice Garcia, who has designed and painted the podcast icon. She's at BeatriceGarcia.com. Should you like to advertise your business on my podcast, please get in touch. And please like and rate the show on your favorite listening platform. And comment also if you can. And should you want to get in touch with me, my email is rougejib at gmail.com.